From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey, everybody. I'm Brandon. Joined by Keith Niebuhr, recruiting analyst for Auburn Undercover and the 24-7 Sports Network. Um, uh, a, uh, unless you live in a cave, which some of you are coming out of your cave now, now that the August is starting to roll around on the calendar and football practices are about to come, and you can start talking about football season a little bit more with some more confidence. Uh, recruiting is going to be kind of quiet, at least on campus, of course, because of new rules in August. So Auburn did a lot of stuff this past weekend. Uh, They hosted a, what would you call it, a picnic, a cookout, Keith? Um, Yeah, a picnic, I think. I mean, I think some of the people, that was one of the things they didn't know, how do we want to brand it? Is it a picnic? Is it a barbecue? Is it a cookout? At the end of the day, it's just a recruiting event is what I yeah. say. I mean, that, that's really the big what it is, you know. So Auburn had a lot of kids there, yeah. some commitments. And, of course, since the last time we've, we've talked to folks here on the podcast, Auburn picked up three commitments, two of which committed on Tuesday. I guess just take us from the top, Keith, and, yeah. and tell us a little bit about these guys. Well, last Saturday, you know, Auburn had that picnic, that big recruiting event, probably 30 or so guys. And they really wanted to focus on younger guys, class of 2021 and class of 22. So that's your upcoming juniors and your upcoming sophomores so they could lay the groundwork uh, for the next couple of cycles. You don't want to be playing catch-up. You know what I mean? You want to get ahead of the curve if you can. And quite frankly, if there's been a critique in the last 10 years at Auburn, it's that maybe sometimes it feels like at times Auburn has to play catch-up. But not the case this time. Working guys early, getting ahead of them. Uh, Brandon, I hung out over at Auburn last Friday, and there was a lot of buzz uh, the day before this event, that maybe somebody was going to pop, maybe somebody was going to come in. That somebody was going to be Jeremiah Wright, big time uh, offensive lineman, offensive guard, offensive tackle from Selma, Alabama. And what was interesting, Brandon, is for weeks he'd been saying, "Look, Auburn leads, but I'm going to play this out. I'm going to I'm going to run out the clock on this. I'm going to enjoy my recruitment. Maybe I'll sign in December. Maybe I'll sign in February." But what happened is, and the same thing, Brandon, happened at linebacker. Remember a few weeks back. Uh, Auburn got those two linebacker commits, and they had one spot left inside. And they basically, Travis Williams called the two guys and said, who wants it? And one of the guys said he wanted it, and the other guy heard that interview, and he immediately called and committed, and that was Wesley Steiner. Uh, and so we had a similar situation here. Auburn had four offensive line commits just just a week and a half ago, Brandon, knowing that they wanted to take six, maybe seven. But there was a surprise, a monkey a wrench in the what's what's the what's the thing I'm looking for? A monkey in the a wrench a, in the gears. A or? wrench in the gear. Yeah, monkey yeah. in the what I mean. I think of a, of a monkey a, wrench. A, a monkey <laughs> wrench. I don't know what. And, and that was Killian Zaire, uh, the the Germany native, uh, committing last Monday because that was kind of unexpected. Uh, but it was great for Auburn in two ways. Boy, I'm really bad with my uh, metaphors, or I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. That's how bad I am. But and, but they weren't expecting Killian Zaire to commit, uh, at least not at that moment. And so that kind of came out of the blue over a few day period uh, earlier in in July, and um, and so what that did again, you got a great player, number one junior college offensive tackle in the country, but it put Auburn branded at five offensive line commits. So now 
Auburn really held all the cards. I think I got that one right. Auburn held all the cards, meaning, hey, look, they only had one spot to fill, and they could call all these guys. Say, look, guys, there's one, maybe two spots to fill. Do you want it? Do you want, how bad do you want it? And they knew that Jeremiah Wright had Auburn on top, and they knew Jeremiah Wright was probably going to be at Auburn. Uh, but the longer he waited, he knew that perhaps, you know, what if Auburn starts 7-0, and Brandon, and all of a sudden recruits are calling them? You know, so there was that risk that he could lose his spot. So on Friday, word began to filter out from what I'm told. Uh, I guess his mother contacted J.B. Grimes, the offensive line coach at, at Auburn, and said, I think we're going to have some good news for you guys on Saturday. Uh, during the event Saturday, Jeremiah was here at Auburn with his almost his entire family. But that's been routine. At two other trips I'd seen them there, he was with almost his entire family. He loves Auburn. They love Auburn. Grandma loves Auburn. I mean, everybody in the family is high on Auburn. And so on Saturday at the uh, recruit picnic, as that event was coming to its conclusion, Jeremiah told the Tigers that he wanted in and they accepted that pledge. Now, he is the third. Uh, actually, there's only two guys rated lower than him in the uh, on the uh, Auburn commit list. So you're thinking, OK, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that Auburn really uh, forget about the rankings. They've prioritized this guy for a few months. They believe that he is a priority recruit. They believe that after he has a solid senior season if he has a solid senior season that they may have to fight off other schools that he is that good of a player okay so they like that he can play tackle they like that he could also play guard he's coachable he's a good student uh, I do not believe he'll be an early enrollee but they just like everything about him and his family and then of, of course his playing ability for a kid his size Brandon very quick twitch they say you know I'm not an evaluator I mean I know you say I'm an analyst but really I'm just a, an in, a recruiting reporter uh so I'm not some coach that can sit here and break down film and, and give great explanations of why a guy's good. But from what I'm told is he's really quick twitch. I mean, you know, that's what you really want out of these these guys playing on the offensive line and, and defensive line. And so that was a really big pickup, Brandon. Jeremiah Wright. And I know the staff was ecstatic to get this guy on board. And then, of course, we start hearing word yeah. that maybe more could be coming. In fact, uh, I think yeah. Kenny, Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, was saying uh, he felt a daily double yeah. coming. He, and we kind of had an idea of who that might be. Yeah, he let the cat out of the bag. See, I got to keep throwing these cliches out, Brandon, since I, I got the first one so bad. But Aaron McLaughlin is a, a quarterback, interesting quarterback. He's a class of 2021 from Alpharetta, Georgia's Denmark High School. Now, that's just north of Atlanta, you know, the town of Alpharetta. Uh, 20, 25 miles north of Atlanta is where he's at. But Auburn's been really recruiting him since he was in the ninth grade. He was at a lot of games back in 2017 and, in fact, was at the wins over Georgia and Alabama, which, again, were both number one in the country at the time. And it was during those two weeks that this kid, who did not grow up an Auburn fan, I don't know who he grew up a fan of, but based on where he lived, it, it, maybe it was Georgia. But he became a fan of Auburn during those uh, that month, that magical month, Brandon, that you and I will never forget, uh, November 2017, uh, and became a big fan of Jared Stinham. And in fact, he compares himself uh, to a Jared Stinham, big arm, but also a guy that's a pretty good athlete. Uh, he's six feet four, he's 225 pounds. Uh, but anyway, during his recruitment, it, at times it looked like you know, maybe the two parties, the two sides, Auburn and Aaron McLaughlin, had gone in different directions. He did not attend a single Auburn game last year. Well, it turns out he just had scheduling conflicts. It just didn't work out. Uh, but as Kenny Dillingham replaced Chip Lindsey, uh, they recruited some other guys, Brock Vandegrift being one in the class of 2021. But by the spring, Auburn had kind of circled back 
uh, big time to Aaron McLaughlin. They'd always kept in contact with, but that's really when it picked up in earnest. Uh, they scouted him at his school, watched the practice, and then they brought him in for camp in June. And that day, Aaron did not throw well. By his own admission, he kind of had a, I don't want to say terrible, but an off day throwing. But they don't just throw. They test these guys. They run them. Sub 4.740, closer to 4.6 four, at 6'4", six, 225 pounds for a quarterback. That's really good. That's faster than the running back that just committed to Georgia. Okay, So super athletic. Then he vertical leaped 37. Somebody else told me it was 35. He says it's 37 inches. If it was 32 inches, it would be good. So he was well above that. Uh, he's also bench pressed a max bench of 335 pounds, so he's strong. Um, you know, So he can do a lot of things. But he wanted to go back to Auburn. He actually said after that first camp, uh, he said that right about that time, that's when he knew he wanted to go to Auburn. But he wanted to go back and prove to Gus Malzahn and Kenny Dillingham at Auburn that he could throw better. And so he camped with Auburn last Friday along with another 2021 quarterback named Will Crowder from Gardendale, Alabama. And McLaughlin was sharp, uh, threw the ball well deep, threw it well underneath, threw uh, every pass you can imagine, out routes, everything, with accuracy, precision, and uh, velocity. Uh, and then they had him do a lot of uh, uh, read option stuff. And in fact, it was funny, uh, Brandon, to watch Kenny Dillingham out at, ca- at camp play- basically playing the role of the rush defensive end, you know. I mean, th- you know, it was just kind of funny. So he would run up and charge on McLaughlin, and he had to make the decision, keep or throw. Uh, and he apparently did really well at that, too. So he checked all the boxes, and Auburn felt comfortable greenlighting that commitment. And he he knew that's where he wanted to be. He's always liked Auburn since you know 2017. So uh, he gave Auburn a silent commitment on Saturday and made that public on Tuesday. Now, look, on Friday nights, he has not been great. Now, remember, he's only played two years of high school football. He's only a rising junior. He's got two years left. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great for a guy with his tools. So he knows, and what's great about Aaron McLaughlin is, by his own admission, he is the first to say, I need to do better. Now, maybe he wasn't a good fit for his previous school's offense. What we know now is he's at a school that's going to throw the ball 30-plus times a game. He's got a four-star receiver that's his teammate, guy by the name of Xavier Capers, who, by the way, happens to be committed to Auburn. So, the chances there for Aaron McLaughlin to have a big junior season. He can throw the heck out of the ball. He looks pretty. Okay, this is a big kid that's athletic and with a big arm. Uh, now it's got to translate to Friday night. He's anxious to prove people wrong, and I think you like that. He's a competitive guy. He thinks he's going to be the best quarterback in the class uh, in the entire country. Uh, now, I am friends, I should say, Brandon, I'm going on and on. You could probably take a little nap here. I'm friends with some parents that are of other 2021 elite quarterback prospects from the East Coast and the West Coast. And they say that Aaron was just sensational this year in different camp settings in which they saw him, including one uh, that run by the well-known QB uh, guru instructor, Steve Clarkson out in California. And they said Aaron was incredibly sharp out at that event. Uh, so again, it's just a matter of taking these skills and, and translating it to Friday night and taking his game up a couple of levels to get where he needs to be. Now, by the way, again, that's not saying he has sucked in games. That's not what we're saying. We're saying is with all these tools, people want to see more out of him. That's a good thing. That's because people believe that he's got the tools to do better than he's done. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So Aaron McLaughlin, a big pickup. And I can tell you, Brandon, Auburn is very excited about that. You know, you and I have multiple sources within that program and they think this guy has an incredibly high ceiling um, so who knows, maybe he'll be the starter someday after, uh, the Bowie gate Knicks era is over. <laughs> We're actually coming you know? up with nicknames for yeah. the, uh, what do you duo. got? What do you got? Uh, I, I can't remember. Um, but I mean, it was something terrible? like, it was Jabowie, I think was one of them. <laughs> uh, we're, we're trying to think of, think of one. Um, 
we, I think we got to put gate in there, like, you know, uh, Watergate yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. somewhere oh, yeah. in there. Uh, Bowgate. Um, that's what we'll call the, you know what? We're going to copyright it right now. That's what we're going to call the quarterback well, I competition. Had, hey, Bowgate. I, had, I had a great one. I thought, of course, I'm a total loser child of the eighties, <laughs> but when, before George Pickens flipped to Georgia, yeah. I, you know, but you had Bo George. <laughs> you know, you know, and and uh, you know, maybe, oh. maybe maybe that's what scared George Pickens away. I don't know, but that, me hearing hearing me say that, but uh, or seeing a photo of Boy George and not wanting anything well, compared to him, you can you could uh you know <clears throat> Photoshop his hair on his uh, on his head. That may have well, that, uh, that guy had some unbelievable songs, he, probably before your time. But no, uh, he, he, I no? mean I was younger, but yeah, man, I mean he had some incredible songs, an incredible voice. Yeah, he really did. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to ask this about McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's got a couple of years, as you said. Yeah. A lot of people on our message board and myself included, cause I'm not familiar with the kid. Yeah. Auburn, yeah. Auburn kind of went more toward getting dual threat guys. He's listed as pro style. What is Auburn? Yeah. Like what's yeah. Auburn's, I guess, approach there. Cause it seemed okay. like they were going more yeah. toward dual threat guys and now you see this guy on paper says pro style what well, you know kind of what's the thought process okay. there well, from what Brandon, you understand? and you please correct me if, if my memory or assertion of this is wrong but i think jared stidham was an entirely different player in 2017 than he was in 2018 i think and i don't know the stats i think he lost i think he, i think he lost his edge a little bit because well, it, his it, offensive line wasn't protecting yeah, him very didn't well didn't it seem like there were more designed runs for him in 2017 and didn't it didn't yes. it seem like he was more willing to tuck it and take off and show that athleticism? But Aaron yeah. McLaughlin says, "Look, I compare. I, I, I'm comparable to 2017, the 2017 version of Jared Stidham, who, by the way, led a pretty doggone good offense once it got rolling. Right? I mean, you know, they blew the game against LSU uh, when they had 20 something points at halftime. But other than that, really, only the Clemson game and then the SEC championship game when Carryon was hurt and they just kind of." I don't know what happened that day, but you know, every other game, Auburn's offense was pretty good. And I'd say he's saying, look, that's me. I can run. I'm plenty fast. Four, six, four, seven in that range. I can tuck it and run. I'm strong enough to break tackles. And more importantly, I'm not afraid to run. In other words, I can run down the line. A guy can come crashing at me and I can either cut in, keep the ball, or I can throw the ball. Uh, you know, so he says, Hey, look, I can do this. And he also says that Gus Malzahn says, quote, I'm the perfect guy to run his offense. So I guess Gus wants a guy more than anything that can run, uh, but maybe is a little bit of a passer first where, you know, I, I think a lot of people look back to those Nick Marshall years and see the opposite and say, why, why wouldn't he go back to that? That's the, that's, that's the, you know, that's when the offense was clicking, but it was really good in 2017. And quite frankly, isn't that what Bo Nix is? Now, Joey Gatewood, it remains to be seen what he's going I, I, to be. Well, uh, you know? to be fair, I think Bo Nix is much faster than Jared Stidham. Oh, yes. Stidham. No, no. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But what I'm saying is, I mean, is he going to run 20 times a game? No. You know, he, he's a guy that can tuck it and run, and you'll have some design runs. But he's not a – I mean, he's not a Dak – when you think of dual threat guys, don't you think of, like, Dak Prescott? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I think maybe he's somewhere in between a, 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 a Bo Nix and a – and a Jared Stidham in terms of the running, his running ability, you know, what I, I mean, I, I guess, I, tough, I guess it's a tough way to just, th- right. I, know, I, I think a lot of fans, you know, Auburn fans, they get kind of, yeah. uh, 
they get kind of afraid when they see yeah. someone like yeah. this commit. I'm not dogging the kid, obviously. No, no, but, no I understand. But, you know, you know, fans see it and they go, "Oh, we had Sean White, we had Jeremy yeah. Johnson, guys that you thought could run but didn't yeah. quite well, you know, have that okay. extra oomph." So yeah, well, again, he's a bigger guy, so in other words, he should be able to do. It, gosh, you can run power with him in the red zone. I mean, he's yeah. a bigger guy. He's strong and he's fast. Again, three thirty bench is a pretty good number Dang. for a high school quarterback. Now, again, most people are who's max benching anymore. I mean, you know, what I mean, you don't really see that. It's how many reps. Well, for a quarterback about. going into his junior yeah, year, high school. Strong. I mean, now, I will say this: I believe he did. I don't know if he was held back. I think he's actually the age of like a rising senior, so he's a little bit more mature. Uh, than somebody his age, but you know he's still a young guy. I mean, speaking you know speaking I mean? of which, I didn't know this till uh, yeah. last night talking to people. Did, I didn't know this. Gatewood. He probably did. Yeah, Bo Nix is yeah. older than Joey Gatewood. Yeah. yeah, I mean Joey Gatewood when he committed. Looking back to when he committed, I remember I, I got uh, a call. Somebody says, "Hey, you may want to call Joey Gatewood. He's getting ready to do something." Uh, I want to say he was fifteen when he committed. That is, well, like, I mean, we, he committed early, as yeah. we all know. Yeah, it was <clears> December of two thousand and. 15. <laughs> it was so long ago, I can't even remember. Yes, 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the day of an SEC championship game, I know that. Uh, and Auburn was not in it. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Joey's a really young guy. Um, it's kind of funny how that worked out. And, uh, you know, and, I, and not to uh, deviate too much from what we were talking about, but, you know, and I think the fact that he was younger led to some maturity issues at, at a certain point. Certainly. But, and I don't know what you've heard, but I sure I've heard that yeah. nobody, nobody's grown up more than that guy in the last yeah, year. Yeah. So. What he's done over the last year, yeah. particularly since January, I think that's it's just you, been phenomenal. That's what you did just write about him. So, yes, you do know. Okay. You, yeah. it's your, that's your beat. I wasn't, you know. No, 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 no. You know things. You're not stepping on any toes. You know well, everything. But I, but anyway, but I, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I never, th- you know, used to be uh, just a little inside baseball for football here. Yeah. Used to be like a media guide. They always listed the birthdays. Well, they've gotten rid of that. They just list the date. Why? The, the day. I don't. Well, I think it's to protect their identity. Yeah, that's from like true. identity Social thieves. media nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. So um, mm. I think that's it. But anyway, um and I started noticing that with Duke Williams for some reason, because there was all these people joking that he was actually 32 years old. Yeah. He looked like <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I, I just didn't know Bo and uh, Joey Gatewood's age. I just kind of assumed that Joey was about a year older, but they're Bo, Bo's. Uh, yeah. I wonder older. how those two are getting along. I, I, you know, they're both well, heard, good kids, but different kids. Yeah. You know I mean? They're very different. I heard, yeah. I heard something interesting about him, Keith. Um, and this just got, this shows you how competitive this is going to be. I yeah. wish I, I wish this is the one. I mean, I wish I could watch all practices, but this is the one year I I would I would beg Gus Malzahn to just let me sit there and watch practices because I I've heard, and then I this was confirmed by uh, man was it Derek Brown at Media Days? It, I think it was Derek Brown. He said that you know when they have these player workouts in the summer where they they can't have a football. So, mm-hmm. you know, they get creative. They'll duct tape a towel. Yeah. So it's forms of football and stuff like that. Um, and he said that he's seen Joey and Bo not not quite get into it, but like f- like they're verbally fighting over who's going to run the first team <laughs> offense during these workouts. Yeah, I mean, they no, are is, super competitive. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. Listen, I think man, it's great. When I, when I was in high school, I, and maybe I'm butchering the story. I mean, my memory is uh, hazy sometimes. But I remember was they were scouting Chipper Jones. The, the, the major league teams were scouting Chipper Jones. One of the knocks on him was, is this guy tough enough? And I think he got into a fight when he was in high school. And that sort of answered that question of how competitive, how tough is this guy? 
And that it actually ended up being a positive. People wanted to see some fight in them. And, and, you know, that's what you don't know about these guys. We, we, you know, unless you really, really know them. I mean, people say, Oh, Keith, you don't know him. I know him, but I'm not, I wasn't uh, Bo Nix's teammate or Joey Gatewood's teammate. I know as much as a reporter could know by, by talking to these guys 20 times, but I mean, well, how much is that? So that's an interesting story, Brandon. I, I want, I've been wondering about that. And I think that's a positive. And, you know, you hope that all your guys, you hope your recruits are like that. Certainly. You know, um, because I mean, listen, I mean, since Gus Malzahn's been the coach everywhere he goes, he tells quarterbacks, listen, I'm going to recruit you. It'd be great if you end up being the starting quarterback, but you got to earn it. And also too, I'm going to go recruit someone that's better than you next season. So, um, well, get well, better. I, look, I was lucky. Everybody knows I, I went to UF, right? I kind of went to right. Florida. Well, I covered Florida and people may or may not know this part. In Spurrier's, not his first year, but his by his, uh, let's see, 99-1, his third year through his fifth year were the years I covered. Oh, so he was still, goodness he gracious. was still, yeah, he was still open and freewheeling back then. But Man. Uh, we we were allowed, Brandon, at practice every day. I didn't miss a practice for three years, spring, oh, fall, my. anything. We were allowed at practice because there was no, <laughs> God, this is embarrassing. There was no social media. It didn't exist. Okay. Yeah. And so you could watch them and boy, was he critical of these guys and and he and they, the the conventional wisdom was always you got to treat quarterbacks differently, right? You can't say, "Hey, look, if you don't play well, I'm going to give you the hook." And he kind because they thought they were mentally fragile because they had they had to be they were these alpha dogs, and if you knocked them down two pegs, the the thinking was they wouldn't be as competitive and effective on the field. But he kind of you know went completely against that and said, "Look, if you throw four interceptions, I'm benching you." And I think Auburn fans probably remember a couple of times when Steve Spurrier did bench his quarterbacks because it happened against Auburn. Okay. It happened in multiple games against Auburn. So, uh, but it was just a different kind of thing. But he he really wanted them to be friends, but also super competitive. Uh, and sometimes only years later were they really friends. It was right. uh, it, it became tough on some of those guys, Danny Werfel, Terry Dean, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't know why why treat the quarterback position too much differently than the other positions. I get yeah. you got to compete. I get that you have to treat them a little differently. Well, some some coaches you know? take it a step well not a step further, but they they yeah. follow the Spurrier lineage, which like Dan Mullen, uh, who's at Florida now. Yeah. Uh, he's a huge, I mean, he's one of the biggest Spurrier idolizers I know. Oh, is he? Oh yeah, absolutely. When I covered at Mississippi state, that that's who he modeled himself yeah. after. That's why he wore the, that's, that's why a lot of coaches wear visors, but I mean, yeah. he, that's why he wore visors. That's yeah. why he wore gloves, like receiver gloves on the sidelines. <laughs> at times. He wanted to be Steve Spurrier, but anyway, he, he, yeah. his approach with quarterbacks was always like, if you throw an interception, I'm going to pull you out just like I, like I would a linebacker and rotate you. I don't. I don't care. The other guy's ready to go, and he's going to perform better than you. I'm. A, I'm not afraid to pull you in the middle of games. And he did that a lot at Mississippi State. And Mississippi State didn't have a lot of spotlight on it. But I can remember yeah. times he would just like it, it wouldn't make sense. I'd be sitting there going, "What the hell are they doing here?" I remember one yeah. time they ran. Yeah. They came out and ran the A11 offense. Go Google that, everybody. They ran the A11 <laughs> offense with Brett Favre's nephew Dylan Favre, who. Never really played, and they just put him out there uh, against Alabama and ran the A11. I, it, it was insane, but that was just how he is. And he and he always said he, he kind of modeled it after Steve Spurrier. I, I'm not going to treat the quarterback job 
any differently than, say, a linebacker or a defensive tackle. If you're not getting the job done after a few snaps, I'm going to pull you. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I digress. That's good stuff, though. That's what, I mean, look, that's what, the, that's what people are paying to hear, your opinions on this stuff. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, it's a good well, thing podcast this podcast is free. Good thing this thing's free um, and that people can turn off anytime they want. Okay, so we're not yeah. done with the commitments. No. We got one more right here, right? Yeah. Um, and that one came from a youngster on Tuesday afternoon, about about five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, now this one was really unexpected. Uh, actually, it happened before five o'clock. It was supposed to happen at five. That's a long story, but uh, about you know, two or three. Two or three, that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, this kid named Andre Stewart, and he's a, a 2022. Now, what does 2022 mean? Brandon, it means he just finished his freshman year of high school. Okay. I never thought for the life of me we'd see kids committing before their sophomore years. But it's happened. And this kid's really good. 24 solo tackles. I should say he plays at Marietta High School, well-known program in the Atlanta area. They play against all the big schools uh, and are quite competitive. In fact, one of his teammates is five-star uh, tight end, Arik Gilbert, who's probably going to go to Georgia or Alabama or Tennessee. His quarterback is Harrison Bailey, who's committed to Tennessee. So yeah, this is a well-known program. Uh, started as a freshman. 24 pass break, excuse me, 24 solo tackles, five pass breakups, no interceptions, but 5'11, 160, young skinny kid. You watch his film though, he's physical, he's all over the ball, uh, and he's got a lot of potential. And Auburn broke down that film carefully, invited him to the recruit picnic the other day. Now, look, if you're a younger guy and they invite you to a picnic with all the senior guy, rising seniors, I think that says something about what they think about you. And he and his family realized that and they felt comfortable. Now, who knows? I, I mean, it's weird guys come uh, committing this early now he had offers from florida lsu tennessee but again it is a little strange when a guy commits this early only because that's strange i mean that's not the right word but you're always a little like okay is this going to hold up or what but him and his family i talked to him and his dad very nice people and they said look uh, this is what we're looking for auburn has everything we're looking for uh mainly starting with the personalities of the coaching staff who really took the time to get to know them um you know everybody in the family and they felt comfortable there. They felt like he was schematically would fit. And he's a young guy. But, you know, again, it, it, we, I think we all have to retrain our brains somewhat, uh, Brandon, because you never see guys committing this early. Now you're seeing it more and more. The, ca- the clock, uh, the cycle's just sped up. It's, it's accelerated. And so it's, it's different, but it's happening more and more. Kids are more advanced going into their sophomore years than they've ever been. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to evaluate them. And, and you know what? Uh, if he doesn't improve, um, things can change, and, and, and things can change if there's a new staff at Auburn. So, But for right now, he felt very comfortable with Auburn, and they, they liked him enough to take his commitment, a young guy that's played one year of varsity football. So I think that says a lot about the ability that they think he has. And again, when you look at the schools that have offered him, I mean, first of all, Auburn's two secondary coaches aren't exactly slouches. Wesley McGriff was a secondary coach in the NFL – uh, Marcus Woodson's an up-and-coming coach in the SEC, one of the great recruiters in the SEC. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's not just a recruiter. Uh, and then Kevin Steele, obviously the defensive coordinator, has got to sign off on this. He really has final say on all defensive commitments. And I think Kevin Steele's been around the block. I think he's coached some pretty good defenses before. I know he was on those great Nebraska staffs, Brandon. So it's not like he doesn't recognize talent. That doesn't mean he's always right, by the way. But but he recognizes talent. So. Uh, who else offered him? LSU and Florida. Well, what two schools consistently go after each other on Twitter, bragging to be DBU? It's those two schools. They're putting out first-round picks every year in the secondary. And they evaluated this guy and thought he was worthy of an offer after his freshman year. So, to me, yeah. 
you add it all up and you're like, oh, this guy's probably pretty good, right? And what's the harm in taking a commitment this early? And, uh, you know, hey, look, maybe he's a popular recruit. I don't know enough about him, but maybe he's a guy that is going to keep getting more and more notoriety in the Atlanta area and other kids are going to want to play with them. And, you know, I mean, he fell in love with Auburn. And by the way, he hasn't even been there really for any games yet. Wait till he goes to a game. It might be, uh, he might love it even more. I mean, who knows? You never know, right? I mean, but, you know, I guess it depends on if they win the day you're there, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if you lay an egg against Tulane. Just and, and just don't go to the Tulane-Kent yeah. State yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, that, that, may, that may change this. I mean, can you imagine the recruits that were there when they almost lost to Jacksonville State? Oh, my gosh. And, and, and don't forget, I want to say that same season or the season after, Georgia almost lost at home to Nichols State. We saw Florida lose to Georgia Southern a few years ago. I mean, talk about nightmares for the recruiting staff and stuff well, like heck, that happens. Look at you Oklahoma know? almost losing to Army. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And yet they're still doing what they do. Yeah, it's just yeah. you just never know. Um, yeah. Okay, so – yeah. On my side, I know that, hey, practice is about to start up, so I yeah, got all that going yeah, on. For yeah. you, August is a little bit different this yeah, go around yeah. because recruits can't visit campus and visit these practices like they used to, but doesn't mean things are silent. Um, what's next? Could Auburn yeah. pick up another commitment soon? Yeah, well, first of all, I should point out, what's the day of the season opener? August 31st, right? Yes, correct. So Auburn is going to host recruits that that game uh, at uh, in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. Now, here's the deal with that, Brandon. They can give tickets away, and recruiting staff can hand them out the tickets. But that's it. Can't meet with coaches, can't go on the field, can't go in the locker room, can't do any of that stuff. However, I've got the hiccups, Brandon. I'm sorry, but that, that is a really good game for that weekend. That's a marquee game in college football. I think game day is going to be there. So for Auburn – which seems to be trying to dip a little bit into Texas, right? Seems to be trying to work its way out there. Getting 30 or 40 Texas kids, probably younger kids, right? You get them to that game. They see game day there. That tells them Auburn's a big-time program in their eyes. Uh, maybe Auburn wins. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so, so that's a positive. But before that, there are some kids that are probably going to be making decisions sometime soon. Uh, one of them uh, is going to announce Thursday, August 1st. That's Chris Thompson, and he is in Texas. Uh, and if he commits to Auburn, he'll be at that game, I would think. But he's in Duncanville, Texas, about three hours from Austin. Longtime Texas lean. The 24-7 sports crystal ball is like 100% projections of him to Texas. But Auburn has made this close. Now, I, I know people are, are saying that's, oh, it's Texas, Texas, Texas. Well, it very well could be Texas. But it's close. And I know that Auburn, there are people at Auburn that think they can pull this off. We'll see. Uh, the battles, Brandon, within these things are often intriguing. And I don't mean between Auburn and Texas, where obviously Herb Hand is on the staff out there. These staffs know each other. Well, they, 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 all these guys know each other. I'm talking about within the family, the family of this young man. And these are, these are our family decisions. Brandon, when you and I picked colleges, uh, we had to run it by the people in our families, right? Uh, you know, I was going to go to University of Miami. We couldn't afford it. And so it was a family decision to send me somewhere else. So, uh, this is a situation where we are told that parts of his family would prefer Auburn because uh, the SEC, that, that, that SEC hook is really big right now, let's face it. And, uh, and, and then we've heard that maybe Chris is leaning, the player himself, and I should point out he's a four-star safety, that he is maybe leaning a little bit toward Texas. Uh, but we'll find out. Well, we'll find out. And, uh, but it's closer than people think, I can tell you that. And that sounds stupid, but, but when everybody thinks he's going to Texas and, and it's, it's maybe even close to being a toss-up this late in the game, um, you know, that says a lot. And Wesley McGriff, uh, Auburn's safeties coach, is handling this recruitment. Apparently he's done an outstanding job. Auburn's in his head. Can, he, can a kid in Texas 
say, you know, I'm not going to go to Texas. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Auburn. It just happened the other day, a kid in Texas, uh, the Texas was battling for pick Georgia. And so, you know, why not Auburn too? Right. So we'll see Chris Thompson, that'd be a big pickup, but if they don't get him, uh, even if they do or don't, I think things look good in the secondary. A couple big name guys are going to be announcing fairly soon. I think, uh, these are the number two and three cornerbacks in the country in the junior colleges, Marco Damio out of Blinn college. I think, you know, that school, Brandon, Cam Newton school, right? Am I right there? And, uh, or was it, uh, yeah, that was Cam Newton school. Wasn't yeah. It? They have a Walmart yeah. there. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and believe me, I'm sure the day it opened, there was probably a line three mil- three miles long. Okay. But, uh, and then the other, the other guy is a kid named, uh, Brian George and Brian George is, uh, again, the other cornerback. And these are very good players, right? These are two guys that would probably come in and possibly start year one for Auburn. He's a Florida native. We think Florida, Miami, with Marco Damio out of Blinn College, it's probably Auburn, LSU. At one time it was all LSU. Now we think Auburn's in the lead. Uh, but these guys could have decisions in the next week or two, we think. Uh, and Auburn has a chance with both of them. We'll see. Uh, so those are some guys to keep an eye on right now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Everything you need to know uh, from Keith Niebuhr, I can't keep up with it because my head would explode trying well, to keep you, up you with so many names. Jo- you, you, you got other stuff to keep up with. Yeah, but... You, you, need, to, you need to know who the third string tight end is going to be on this uh, issue. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Hey, by, by the way, <laughs> is that not the answer to every every problem a team has? Just throw to the tight end? Throw the tight end. You know, listen, every <laughs> school I have covered, everywhere, it's the same. About year four or five of a coach's tenure, people go, why don't we throw the tight end more? It, it's like you're you're nitpicking. You're looking for something when you get to well, that Auburn, point. Well, it's funny. You met, It's funny, you know, Auburn, I know you were trying to cut this thing, get this thing wrapped up, but – Auburn's recruiting tight ends, and they don't really have a lot to show these guys the last few years, right? No. But then you look around, and who does throw to the tight end? I don't, I'm not going to name any schools, but there are some schools out there that consider themselves Texas to be— Texas A&M. Yeah, these school, well, yeah, but not many. But there are a lot of schools out there that consider themselves to be, quote-unquote, tight end schools. And they don't throw—I mean, what, if a guy's got 17 catches in a season, that's a lot usually. By the way, Texas A&M's tight ends coach from last year, Tim Brewster— 
you know, the, the well-known tight end coach is now at North Carolina. So who knows? But it, it's kind of funny. It's like, who really throws to the tight end? I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. Not that many people. Tim Brewster has had more jobs than most schools have had tight ends over the last five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that guy bounces around a lot. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he was at Mississippi state for a year when I was there. Um, very outgoing guy. All right. So yep. that is everybody's recruiting fix as we head into Auburn's preseason camp. Um, in fact, as I'm recording this Auburn finally, I mean, literally just sent out the media schedule, uh, for preseason camp last Friday, we posted at Auburn undercover, the uh, practice schedule, but now we have the media schedule and, um, not much How's difference. It yeah. How's it looking? Not not much difference. Uh, not a lot of. Uh, <laughs> well, you can always quote. You can always quote sources, right? I mean, can you do that? Oh yeah, or? absolutely. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good as one as one person would say. Hey, I'm got, very good at making stuff for you. up. You, you and I have both been around Gus a good bit this off season. He's been more loose than usual. I think I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah. Uh, how much does he change between, let's say, this past weekend and the first day of practice? Um, like, is it, a, is it like a Lou Ferrigno, uh, you know, kind of trans- transformation, incredible old kind of thing? Well, I, okay. I, I, I saw him Monday night, uh, hung out with him a little bit. Um, I said some others, I can't go into details, but he, you could tell he was in the middle of the transition. Yeah. <laughs> he was loose about certain things. Um, was playing around and smiling with my, with my child. And then, like when it, and he's talking about his past. Uh, by the way, I got to see uh, uh, his Arkansas jersey that mis- was misspelled. <laughs> it was M A L Z A H A N Malazahan. I guess you don't mess with the Malazahan. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> I actually get that reference. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Uh, he told us he he. Uh, he, he, I don't know if he played in that game, but uh, it was a Liberty Bowl. Auburn played Arkansas in that Liberty Bowl with Bo Jackson, and hmm. Auburn won. And Gus says he he sought out Bo Jackson and shook his hand after the game, and um, he said that he went up to Bo at one point after he got the Auburn job, and was all like, you know, you know, I played against you, you know, I came out and shook your hand. Do you remember that? And he's like, No, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's no. funny. It's funny how life works sometimes. But um, anyway, yeah. Gus is listen, guys. Uh, I've had conversations with them, and I had conversations with them Monday about how he he just straight up says, "I have no personality." You know, that's why I don't want to do some of this stuff that you pitch to me, like driving planes or doing stuff. And he goes, I watched the Bruce Pearl stuff and it's great. And I said, well, it's because he just lays it on the line. He goes, yeah, he has a personality. I don't. And I'm like, come on, Gus, I've seen you talk in front of fans. He's like, yeah, but that's different. Well, and Brandon, he's really good with recruits. So like he's fantastic. It's it's, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, the, the, what people say now, Christie's in there a lot of the time. And she's, well, she's, she's, she's you know, a she, firecracker, yeah. man. Yeah. But I, I just think, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I'd like to see more of that guy, you know, yeah, but, but look, yeah. he's got to be himself and that, and, and clam, uh, uh, clamming up is him. You yeah. Know, that's part of who he is. is him, he so. has, he has several switches. I'll say this. Yeah. I, I was pitching so hard story ideas to do with Christie and I would love <laughs> to get her in the car and do an episode of driving planes. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, 
You know, that actually would be a pretty good. Oh, one. it'd be fantastic. Yeah. If you yeah. guys have never, if you guys have never interacted with Christy Malzahn, she is super quick with her wit and super well, smart. It, you know, Brent, if I could, can I tell, I, I know you're probably itching to go. Can I tell one story about her? Yeah. She's human. Uh, this, she's this human. Is, Gus is the robot. Yeah. Well, this is not anything overly personal. I, I just, you know, you know, I didn't know her till I got to Auburn in 2013. I didn't know anything about her. You know, I, I heard people on message boards kind of poke fun at her. And, and, and quite frankly, she's never been anything but completely uh, just funny and genuine with me. But, you know, there was one day I was working. People don't know. A lot of times on the weekends, I have to sit at the complex sometimes all day and just wait for recruits to leave and get interviews. And it gets a little boring. And, and one day this um, limousine showed up. And this was last year. And there were all these women they got out of the limousine. And gosh, you almost choke up thinking about this story. But all these women get out of this limousine. And then there's a, a final woman that they're, they're wheeling in. She's in a wheelchair. And then there's Christy, who's kind of bouncing off walls and is excited and, and keeping everybody happy and talking to everybody and smiling and all that. And she had set something up. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a make-a-wish type thing. But uh, it was a person that had uh, was in hospice care, a, a woman that was very young, by the way, Brandon, in her 30s, as I found out later, uh, was kind of having that last day with all her, her friends. Um, really sad. And Christy was really the ringleader of this, set it up. So all the, I guess the woman was an Auburn fan. They all came over. She set it up, showed them around. They got to hang out in Gus's office. Uh, when I ran into Christy a few weeks later, I asked her and she had let me know the woman had already passed away. Uh, but watching Christy in that element, uh, I just started thinking, you know, I thought back to some of the harsh things I've read about Christy through the years. And I just, you know, I kind of got mad. Um, yeah, I don't know Christy that well. I've never hung out with her socially. But when I saw her, when no lights were on her, no cameras were on her or anything, um, doing this for this person who had clearly had very little time left, it really gave me a new appreciation for, for Christy Malzahn. That's a great story. Um and I, I think a lot of people just don't realize, I mean, all we, we look at coaches as, you know, and fa their family's like, eh, you know, I don't care. Just win games. Yeah. You know, um, in which, you know, that's what they get paid for. But well, we've, I've they, been like that at points in my life too. I mean, you know, well, why certainly. is this guy winning more, you know? Yeah. But you know, I, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting when you talk to these coaches, how like, not personal they take a lot of the just the idea of i think gus knows my job's at stake this year he, he, he yeah he knows that he says it we're, we're talking about too just you know it's just the nature of the business that's why they get paid a lot of money at this level um but anyway um it's just it's an interesting conversation but fans don't care they won't care um when the ball gets kicked off august 31st that's right that's right uh, that doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter at all. Okay. You know, and, and maybe that's okay too. You know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe that's a great separation from everything else. I don't know. I just I think, know. I think Gus is ahead of his time. I mean, at some point robots are going to coach football games <laughs> and he is like the first, uh, a, a version of that. So yeah, have you told him that yet? Dude, I break his balls yes. so much. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he knows what is a joke and what's real with me anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Cause I, 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 I try to, I try to get, I try to get something out of him. I try to make him be funny. And sometimes he bites. Sometimes he just, he looks at me like, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, Max Hedrum stuttering or something. You're, you're, you're going to kill me. I'm going to tell one quick one, one more quick. And I'm so sorry, Brandon, but this summer, 
you know, I went over to, or this March, I went over to Scotland and I played golf and I played the old course at St. Andrews and I tweeted out my scorecard and all that. Later in the day, I'm sitting there, you know, having a drink, eating dinner, and I get an alert on my phone. Gus Malzahn has liked my tweet of my scorecard from, from St. Andrews, the old course. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. He is such a golf nut. And uh, he really, I mean, he is a golf nut. He follows it very closely. So I just thought that was another interesting thing. He's, a, he's more interesting than people think, but you're right. You got to go out and win or they don't care if you're interesting or not. It's just too bad he's not better at golf. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell that. I'll tell or, I've got more stories for future days. Okay? Or, or ping pong, by the way. Oh, was he, uh, is he not good at ping pong? Oh, well, that's he's, interesting. He's, he's self-proclaimed great, but uh, <laughs> I've seen him lose. Then I'll, yeah. leave it, I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. All right. Um, what a conversation. Recruiting to yeah. quarterbacks. To, got, some, got some boy George in there. Got some b- b- boy George. We got some Bowgate in there. We got some uh, uh, Gus Malzahn not acting like a robot and malfunctioning when he does so. And my pleas, please to Christy Malzahn to do, do stuff with me as far as stories. Like, this is what I want to do real quick. And then I'm going to sign off yeah, here because yeah, I got to yeah. write, I got to write. I held article. you a long time. Uh, but, uh, I want to sit deck. You know, Christy doesn't watch the games from the sidelines. She sits in a side room and usually mm. watches the games on TV because she can't stand being nervous in front of people and being around mm. them. And also the idea that people take pictures of her yeah, and you know, biting yeah. her nails and freaking out. So she sits in a side room um and watches the games like even i remember the sec championship games and all this stuff she sits in the hallway and finds a tv and just sits there and doesn't move she does Mm. not move anyway my story idea is i want to just sit with her and write a story about her watching the two lane game the the home opener like how she's reacting like what what's her routine who's she talking to is she talking to anybody does she you know, uh, she get really upset. How into it is she? Um, I think that'd be cool. I want because I, I coaches' wives are so interesting, and I've done several stories on them. But I want to do one where I'm watching the game with them because one, I think people would be surprised at just like how much they know about each mm, play in offense. Right. And, right. and and I know this only because not not just because, but for example, this past basketball season with Bruce Pearl, his family was like front row at every NCAA tournament game. And his daughter, one of his daughters knew, knew every play coming up and she would be, ta- <laughs> she was in one game was a Kansas game. She was sitting behind us and was calling stuff out as they ran it and would be like, there's no way it goes, Oh, Bryce is going to bury this, you know, and whatever. And then she'd be talking smack to the other player. I told you, <laughs> you know, here it comes. You know, I mean, it was fantastic. But the, you think they, they should sit? Her, you think they should sit her right behind the trainer for Alabama? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally bump into him. Yeah. Oh goodness. Ah, that's why I love sports, Keith. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, that's what you remember. I mean, you you remember a lot of those things at the end of the day sometimes more than you remember yeah. the wins and losses. I mean, I'm talking years from now. Yeah, you know I mean? I'll remember forever Chumo Kiki being wheeled out at the Elite Eight with his. Uh, blown out knee in the, yeah, in the wheelchair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, th- those are the type of things I'll remember. I'll, I'll yeah, remember, yeah. I'll remember Christy Malzahn standing in a tunnel watching the SEC championship well, game. I'll remember her standing in a tunnel at the BCS national championship in 2000, January, 2014, 
waiting outside and hugging players one by one as they came in or left and literally just staying out there for like 30 minutes to talk to all of them. What we got to do, and I mean this, is one of these weeks coming up, well, you got football coming up, but we got to write this down. Maybe three or four of our most memorable, yeah, we've been lucky. We're inside the ropes, as they say. Maybe three or four of our most memorable stories that we saw as reporters. I've got a few doozies. I can tell you that. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um, That'd be a good idea. We're going to need to, we're going to need something to fill the air at some point. Yeah. You got football season coming up now, man. You're, you're, you're going to look like a different man in about six months, man. Yep. Probably about 30 pounds heavier. And, uh, I've already lost all my hair, so I don't know what else I can do. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck. You have luck. I'm looking forward to your coverage. I know the readers are too. They, they, they especially love it when you stir the hornet's nest. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, 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 can't do that. Um, yeah. Well, no, but I'm no, serious. I'm looking forward well, to the coverage. Excited about this season. It's going to be a fun one. It's good. It is going to be fun. I think Gus Malzahn don't think it's going to be fun. So, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, Thanks for care, joining Brian. us on the Auburn undercover podcast. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.